I always want to make a show that's unique to me. The Guinness Book of World Records most traveled musician on the planet. Having you in my life for the last couple of years has really allowed me to go, wow, this is how I can optimize even further. The ability to share these experiences, that is the core of being the ultimate human. Like, everyone's like, damn, you're tired. How are you going to do the show? I'm like, don't worry. Just watch what happens. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ultimate Human Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Brecka, human biologist, where we go down the road of everything anti-aging, longevity, biohacking, and everything in between. Today, we got a really, really special guest. The entire podcast could really be the intro to this man's life, all the accomplishments he's had, his, his absolute stratospheric rise to stardom, and his ability to maintain his level of dominance in a very competitive injury in industry for a very long period of time. He's a two-time Grammy-nominated producer, DJ, electric, electronic dance music entrepreneur, and founder of the trend-setting record label, events lifestyle company and apparel line, Dimock. Um, Dimock Records has been the launch pad for some seminal acts like the Chainsmokers, Block Party, uh, the Bloody Beetroots, and the Gossip. The, I mean, these are things that when I did some research for this podcast, I was absolutely blown away. Uh, he started Dim Mock in 1996 in a college dorm room. Um, the rumor is that he named it from uh, to pay homage to his childhood uh, superhero, Bruce Lee. Um, his career has boasted some incredible genre discography that includes seven studio albums, collaborations with um, Lil Uzi Vert, Maluma, BTS, Linkin Park, Lewis Tomlinson, amongst many, many, many others. Born in Miami, grew up in California, Newport Beach, went to UC Santa Barbara. He actually graduated with two degrees, um, two BA degrees, one in feminist studies and the other in sociology. Um, in college, he produced, this is hilarious, he produced do-it-yourself records and ran underground concerts out of his living room. So this has just been in his blood for a long time. And a little fun fact, his, his father... Rocky Aoki was a former Olympic wrestler and founded the restaurant chain Benihana. Um, so I could not be more proud to bring to the pod, bring to the Ultimate Human podcast my good friend Steve Aoki. Welcome to the podcast, Thank brother. Thank you. Thank you. It's super. It's super to be here. And this room, I, I wish we could actually show some images of this room, but I mean, this is the coolest studio I've ever been in in my life. I appreciate that. Thank I mean, so, so tell me about this place. I mean, it's... Well, it's got a name. So okay. I, I call it the Neon Future Cave. Okay. And uh, um, it's when I moved to Vegas, you know, it was important that I build out a studio and I was looking for studios outside of my home. Okay. But then I found the ultimate home, which turned into my compound creative space. And, um, and then I saw at the basement level the bunker level of the house. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's the cave. That's, yeah. That's but the, most that's people would stick cave, a man you know? cave down here. But yeah, yeah. This entire house is a giant man cave. Yeah, it like, really is. It you really feel is. like you're 13 <laughs> again running around here. Um, I mean, not only all the biohacking stuff, the yeah. cold plunges, the pools, the saunas, the red light therapy, the PMF, the oxygen. I mean, he has it all, which is why I'm a huge fan of yours and been part of this journey with you, which has just been amazing. Um, but I mean, he's got the foam pad launches in there. <laughs> he's got a gym. He's got every arcade game known to mankind. Like, if you want to ride the pandemic out, this is the oh, place. this is the best house for that. <laughs> this is absolutely the best house. We yeah. we had activities from like 9 a.m. till 12 a.m. 
So like, the pandemic didn't bother you at all. Yeah, no, because like, my family also, my my mom lives around the corner. Yeah. So my mom and my sister Beautiful live around the corner. And, and, uh, and then my girlfriend at the time, she just ended up moving here from L.A. Because it was just, there's nothing to do in L.A. Yeah. So we just had like breath work for an hour, then yoga, then meditation, then cold plunges, then sauna. Yeah. Then like we'd eat healthy. We'd, we'd, we just like did like the healthiest routine as a family, <laughs> but it'd be like six of us lying on the ground doing breath work. And then we'd get into meditation pose. And then we'd just, oh, <laughs> just, dude, it's so awesome, it was actually man. a really, really There's fun so time. There's so many for crazy COVID. fun facts about this house. I mean, it's the deepest pool in the state of Nevada, maybe even in the country. Yeah. Because, well, it's like, it's, Usually, like for the ten feet deep uh, Olympic size pools, yeah, they they only go to like ten to twelve feet deep. Even they, even when they're diving off the high board, yeah, like off that. the 30, 33 feet, 10, 10 meter uh, high board. God, that's and uh, here it's like twenty two feet, twenty one, twenty two feet, and um, so it's it's a lot, a lot less than a ten meter. Um, but I had the, the the ability to to go further, so I was like, let's go, let's go four <laughs> more feet further because it was at twelve. And they're like, okay, good. We haven't hit the stone that you can't break through. Yeah. And uh, which you can find in various parts of uh, Las Vegas. And we're like, let's just make a 16. So I could do like, you know, my like, uh, just like, you know, scuba diving yeah, training. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, you, exactly. you, you could really, I mean, you can fucking blow your eardrums down there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you turn the water feature into a cold plunge, right? What was that? It was a, it was actually just a water feature. Yeah. So like, right? I, I hate you having useless space. You know, right. at least it's like, yeah, it was a great space thing for uh, just something to see. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, this would be a great, you know, not necessarily jacuzzi. I don't even use a jacuzzi, but this would yeah. be a great cold feature, a yeah. cold, cold plunge feature, because it holds 20 people at least. Yeah. And I have my solo tanks, which are great. Yeah. But the the party, I call it the party plunge. Yeah, that, so, that is yeah. a party plunge. Yeah, what's so we what's can the like, highest number of people that you've had in the cold plunge so out there? Because I've seen some social media yeah, stuff. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, I threw Steve-O in there. Um, but yeah. like Thanksgiving, that was a funny one because uh, we had 23 people come over to Thanksgiving. Okay. I, got, I got all 23 in the cold plunge. Oh, my God. And they had no idea. They come They come to have dinner. They're wearing, like, you know, their Thanksgiving nice clothes. Like, some, like you know, like my, my little niece at 12. And you just 12, made them get down in their underwear? I'm like, guys, so after we eat at, like, 11 p.m., by, you know, it's Thanksgiving, so it's, yeah, right. it's cold in Vegas at, at night. I'm right. like, it doesn't matter how cold it is because it's much colder in the cold plunge. So, <laughs> and uh, I would convince everyone, and we all, we did, like, two rounds. One was 13 people, and the other was 10. Yeah. And uh, and everyone did it, so that's pretty cool. Dude, that's, that's so cool, man. And I love how into the biohacking you are when we first met and we started our journey together. Um you know, this, this guy is super into his blood biomarkers. He's super into, um, you know, the functionality of different biohacking equipment. We talked about red light therapy for hours, PEMF mats, the oxygen tanks, um, because he just wanted to know everything. I was really, I, I love your intellectual curiosity. Yeah. You're, 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 you have a childlike fascination with biohacking. And I assume that childlike fascination is what's transcended you in the music I, industry. I, I, I attribute my success to my curiosity. Wow. That, that's, that's a big part of the, the reason why I feel like that I've risen to any level of success that, that I've had so far. Because I'm curious and then I engage that curiosity. Yeah. And, and I arm it and I, and I really dive in there and, I'm, and I might not be the expert, but I, I do my best to learn. You want to know. You want to yeah. push the boundaries. Like. Yeah, yeah. And, and never go in there with an ego and just always like walk in humbly into these new cultures or new communities right. and learn from like, you know, all the incredible people that you meet in these different worlds. Right. And, 
and then find what's applicable to your life and um and and also be of service you know like yeah. you, you walk into these different worlds and you want to be of service the best you can and the best way i'm of service is through my music wow. so i've been lucky to be able to to you know talk to different scientists like yourself and different right. in different worlds that really help my life and enrich my life yeah uh, whether it's in business entrepreneurship uh obviously music fashion art mm -hmm. whatever that like that really pulls on me right that, that really like like has that, that child you're, you're kind of like all like, in yeah, yeah, right. yeah i i think i think uh intellectual curiosity is like the greatest attribute that someone can possess especially in, in medicine you know in, in 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 my field i think the intellectually curious practitioners are really the ones that are trying to act in the best interest of the patient and it's probably that intellectual curiosity that just lets you show up over and over and over and over again for so it's many also the most the most exciting parts of what I, what interests me because the curiosity is also imaginative yeah so it's like it like i'm always interested in what we can't accomplish or what we can't do and how can we get there like i always say like my you know my foundation aoki foundation mm -hmm. sits in the middle between science fiction and science fact yeah because I, like that's I where that. I, that's where i'm really interested i'm really interested in the scientists and researchers that are like this was science fiction but we are doing what we can to make it science fact wow. and and how do we get there and and the ones that have already historically done that those ones i'm like yo can i talk to you can we yeah. do something can i help you can i help like you know like all the people that that are interested in what i'm doing right. help you know, you raise money into whatever you're doing in the field of brain research, whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah, and, and that's what, you know, for those of you that are not familiar with the Aoki Foundation, it's it's geared towards um, brain health. And, um, um, you know, you lost somebody very close to him uh, to, to brain cancer. Um, and I, was that the impetus for investing and trying to back non-pharmaceutical-backed companies that are sort of leading the 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 science and in, in, in brain health. So for for me, the the big the big kind of uh, moment that a lot of things changed in my life, mm -hmm. as far as like this is even previous to me starting the foundation, uh, me just understanding health and nutrition was really just under like understanding what death was like. Yeah. My first the the first death in my life that really traumatically hit me was my father passing away 15 years ago. Right. So when I saw him die. And uh, I was this 15 years ago. I was I was 30, mm. and up until that time, you know, I was I was very punk rock lifestyle. So okay. it, like live fast, die young, go hard, and party, and and just live in the moment. But like you're not thinking about the next day, right? You know, yes, yeah, so you're and, you're taking whatever the moment has to offer, right? Right. And and uh, and I didn't think about nutrition, even though I was like vegan or vegetarian for 15 years. It was not for nutrition or health reasons, it was more for ethical reasons. But right. regardless of the fact, that that death rocked my inner core mm. and made me question a lot of things about life and right. what's important in life. And then I started thinking about the people I love that are alive. Like, right. what can I learn from this death that I can actually help, you know, my mom who's, you know, she's she's 80 now, but you know, at the time she was, you know, six, I guess uh, 65, right? So, right. but like I was just thinking about life and how do I live my life in a different way? How can I change my course? And then that led me down, you know, like, you know, eventually it led me down like my, my serious interest in health, nutrition, 
biohacking. Yeah. Um, you know, and and then and then later on into you know Aoki Foundation and what I can do with brain research, brain science, and and uh, my fascination with the brain. Yeah, and 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 the and the foundation is I know it's brain research, brain science, but you're specifically trying to find those people that are, like you said, between somewhere between fact and fiction, somewhere between science and science fiction. They're trying to make science fiction fact. I love that description. So what are some of the innovative things that the foundation is is funding right now? Like what, what if they're listening to this, would be exciting to know about the foundation and their research on brain health? The, I, I love the term, uh, you know, mental fitness. I right, hate I the love term that. mental Ill illness. Yeah, I love that. Uh, one of the main uh, studies that we're focusing on is is a study on heat therapy on patients that that have severe depression. Wow! And um, and we we actually funded this woman, Dr. Mason, out of San Francisco, who I met through Rhonda Patrick. Who, oh wow! Who's you know obviously she's she's studied a lot on on um, on heat exposure, on cold exposure. I met and I met her through Joe Rogan, who you know is also right. As we we both know all very curious about this whole super curious all, this, this yeah. whole realm, and um, you know uh, so eventually I, I found this I met this doctor, and she was telling me she's doing this research and I, I told her I, I'd fund it for her right and and uh, the the studies showed so far from from what she's able to accomplish with her I don't know how many patients she's had mm -hmm. is that it's and I like I definitely like I know I I don't want to I don't want to say wrong information but from what I understand uh 100% of the non-control study that, mm -hmm. that that were she was able to raise the heat in their body right not their brain okay. but the body to raise it to to this fever like temperature is like 103 degrees Wow. So it's a very dangerous temperature. Right. But she, you know, it's like a head out sauna. Okay. So she so keeps she's, the head. Not, yeah, she's not heating cool. the brain, but she's heating the body. Right. That it it had like 100% of the, the patients had had um, the results she's looking for. You which, mean remissive symptoms from depression? Yeah. Just for like wow. this, for a like very long period of time. Yeah. With no drugs, no, uh, no wow. like prescription drugs. So I, I don't want to give away, give out the wrong information. Right. But whatever we're doing is actually showing incredible research that that this heat, this like you know having heat exposure to the body, actually does something with the brain mm. that 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 it helps with depression in a wow. in a really big way. So wow. um, I'm really happy that we we're able to fund her and and see some of the results there. I would love to dig into that. See, now I'm intellectually curious, and now I want to see the research because I want to yeah. know exactly what that pathway might be. You know, there, there, there's hordes of evidence now that is coming out on depression that is disproving the old serotonin hypothesis, right? That low serotonin causes depression and high serotonin is the absence of depression. Um, it's not that simple of a seesaw. And it's, it's amazing to me when we start tapping back into the body's resources to heal itself right? Things like platelet-rich plasma, you know, taking your own platelets and spinning them down and putting them into the site of injury and having, you know, yeah, accelerate yeah, exactly. healing. Right. And I'm a huge fan of research that uses the body as the chemical factory to try to find a fix to a solution. Right. So I've kind of always believed that disease and pathology doesn't really exist the way that we think it does today, that it really is nutrient deficiencies or deficiencies in the human body. So that's really fascinating. So you you started this foundation in what, 2012? 
Yeah, so 2012 we started. It's a while ago, man. I know, I know. Yeah. It's crazy because I I don't realize sometimes you don't think about how long something's been started from uh, uh, you know when you're just going along the road. But um, yeah, it started out because I, I in the beginning I just wanted to to engage my fans at my shows. Mm -hmm. Really, it was I had this whole mission to party with a purpose. So when you come buy a ticket at my show, I, I donate one dollar from every ticket to a crowdsourcing fund that would go towards, you know, different areas of need. Right. And then it later on became, well, the main, the main area of focus for me mm -hmm. is the human brain, because mm. I really believe that, you know, there's so much that's undiscovered there. There's so many things that if we oh, learn and understand, yeah, if we're really, yeah. if we're really funding the right researchers and scientists that can dive into the brain more, we could do more of what I'm saying take some of these science fact science fiction ideas and 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 have them become science facts so that we can apply it in our life. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, I think the main thing is, you know, how do we extend our life as right. far as possible. And not just our and not just our lifespan, but our health span. I mean, and that's why, you know, I, I like I said, I love this term mental fitness, right? I mean, we we think about becoming fit physically, but we don't think about becoming fit mentally. You know, what are the things that are um, not just able to heal and repair the brain, but what are things that actually can feed the brain and make it really, really healthy? And I know that you, you do a lot to take care of your own brain. Um, I know that you're into meditation. Um, you know, you, you, a little fun fact, I mean, Steve won a Guinness Book of World Records for for the most traveled musician in a year. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. 300 shows in in, yeah. in one year. I mean, it's, it's so here, here's the craziest award yeah. to win ever. That is so random. So th this is like th this is like the, the the kind of funny part about it. So I won that award as the most traveled uh, musician in one calendar year mm -hmm. based on one website, Bands in Town, mm -hmm. that documented 168 shows at this many uh, miles traveled, right? Right. But I really did 300 that year. But, Whoa. But Bands in Town didn't document the other ones because for whatever reason, they didn't put it in the site. And Guinness Book of World Records is like, we, we can only adjudicate from this website. No. So I, I beat that number, but in order to get the record, I had to just go with... Right, what, they what was on the site? Wouldn't so, that be funny if you like resubmitted the same information and broke your own world record? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I should have done that, but like yeah. once you have it, you're like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, and there's <laughs> not a lot of people going. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break that milestone. It's not like the four minute mile or something. Right. You know what I mean? But, but so on the you know foundation of that kind of travel, um, you know, it really begs the question. You know, what are you doing for your for your mind. I mean, I know a lot of what you're doing. We've worked together and I'll, you know, I'll say without disclosing any health information, your blood work is perfect. We just went over it before this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, yeah, and, and I, I mean, he, I appreciate you so much. And he's always so curious about it. I'm like, dude, what are you expecting to see in here? It's, it gets, it goes from better to best to better to best. I mean, and, and we actually just talked about it. We're, we're getting ready to slide him onto a younger scale because some of the markers for liver, lungs, pancreas, kidneys, um, some of these immune markers are so good that you're you're literally beginning to age in reverse. I appreciate you know, that. Yeah, to... and like this is the kind of information that that gets me excited. Yeah, it's it's like it's really I'd really gamify everything. Yeah, and when I gamify oh, I it, yeah. So like my whole like my ch I, I have challenges. 
yeah. with, with, with like whether it's like shows or music or whatever I'm doing, I need yeah. a challenge. Yeah. I need like a deadline, I need a goal, and I and I need to, to gamify it. Yeah, because so you zero in. You're like, what is that? How can I move that number? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's yeah. like, okay, this is what I had before. This is what I could do to make that number. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a gamer at heart. Yeah. You know, I've been gaming since I was a, a little kid. And you always want to level up your character. But uh, what's yeah. better than leveling up your character, your like your fake character in the game, but leveling up like you? Yeah. I mean, that's the best character you can level up. Yeah. And, and we're literally... Because of your help and the data, and I, I'm a big data guy, right? Right. Just like in gaming, it's like your XP and your and your HP. It's like this is my way of leveling up me, but I need you mm-hmm. and a scientist to come in and show me the data so I know what, what my real HP is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What my real XP is, well, what my I mean, real I, power I, is, you know. I love working with clients like you because you're you're coachable you listen you're you're curious and and every time we you know we get together it's like you're like i can't wait to see the data i can't wait to see the data like you were itching to see the data like i actually tried to walk away from the table he's like hey by the way can we can we go over my shit <laughs> so it's awesome and i think if more people would actually be into the data in their own bodies um you know even gamify it yeah it, it makes it so much easier to play this health game yeah, it really because does. Because you have you have some things that you're striving for, and not just I'm going to try to eat clean and and you know drink more water, but like I'm going to try to get this number down into the optimal range, and I'm going to try to get this up into the optimal range. That's I like so I like some of this stuff. I talk to other people. I'm like, you just got to make it fun. Yeah, you know, some they don't realize that like it's oh, but it's it's like you think oh, it's too boring. I I don't know. Like I already just eat healthy. I'm good. Right. Like, but if you know like the the details. And you could fine tune them. Mm-hmm. You you can you can have a better performance at your show. You can you can have more quality life because I think of quality life as more energy. I want to have more energy through the day. Oh, amen. I want to have more creativity while I'm in that space. Yeah. And actually, that space is not just being in the studio. Right. Like creativity happens all day, and it's about being able to capture that. And and those moments of capturing that have led to hits. Mm. Have led to like big successes in my life. And if I wasn't able to capture it because I was so bogged down or I was so, you know, just like like in a zombie state because I'm, right. I'm lacking energy yeah. and I don't have the resources. And all I could, if, if only I could have done X, Y, Z from a specialist like you that can help guide me going, well, this is what you do if you're lacking this or deficient here. Right. I, you know, so like having you in my life for the last couple of years has really allowed me to go, wow, this is how I can optimize even further. Thank you. Because it's more, it's, life is more exciting that way. Yeah, yeah, it, re- it really is. So I want to talk about some of the, you know, the, the habits that, so you were, you know, rock star, balls out, you know, um, live life to the fullest, burn the candle at both ends. You have a catastrophic event in your life, um, rattles your cage, you take a step back and you're like, this is not the direction I want to go. And from that time, like, what are what are some of your travel hacks? What are some of the things that you're doing on the road to maintain that level of insanity? I actually was watching your Instagram this week, and you did three shows in one day. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That, that's I'm, a, in, <laughs> I'm in five cities in seven days, and I think I'm a baller. I'm yeah. like, well, this guy was in three shows in one day. So I was about to post about my difficult travel schedule, and I saw your shit, and I was like, fuck. Man, this guy is yeah. like blowing the doors off me. Yeah. So, um, I mean, a big thing is just like resets. It's like mini resets, having mm-hmm. these like moments to just 
to find your balance again. Yeah. Because you can't just be in red the whole time. And, yeah. um, and you, and you definitely can't do it artificially. Right. So if you're doing it off like certain, uh, other things, like Stimulants, that, alcohol, yeah, like whatever. whatever it might be, like eventually like your body just can't sustain that. Right. So I, I just like, there's certain things I, it's like, first of all, it's mindset, right? So right. I really think of myself as an athlete. Wow. So I'm always in competition. So when you're always in competition, if you're actually an athlete in competition, you are, you have to focus on what you need to be efficient in so that you, you know, like everything has to be for this. So you're like, embrace it. You're like, I'm yeah, going to do so this, man. Exactly. So the like third that, show, bring it on. Give me a fourth show. <laughs> I, I, I always say that. Yeah. You know, I did five shows in, in 40 hours and I was like, we could definitely do six. You know, like, your team is like, <laughs> <laughs> no, Steve, no, <laughs> no, but my team's also on the same kind of regiment. Like, Are like, they? you know, like they, they drink, they have fun, whatever, you know, I don't, I don't like limit their level of fun of what they think is fun. Right. Um, but you know, as long as they're within a certain, as like, long as they're performing, yeah, yeah, they a certain boundary up. of like, uh, responsibility. But for the most part, like we all, like know, they know at the level of and the pace right. that we move. Right. And I mean, to be honest with you, they're interchange, they interchange so that they can like, I go full scale, right. 200, 250 shows a year. And then I have teams that change in and out. So they okay. have time to rest. I just keep going. You just balls out. And, and, um, and on, it's like, it's a couple of things, obviously like, you know, I need my times to reset my, my meditation. Meditation right. is really important. Mm -hmm. And, and there's, there's different devices to actually see if you're meditating. Like wow. I have a device that I wear on my head. And it, it actually checks it, for theta waves. It, it, yeah, it checks if like it, it gives you it gamifies things once again. Yeah, on like okay, your 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 theta waves really went down here, so you have like high level of efficiency on meditation. Mm. So I can just know I can like learn how to meditate better, so right. I can get my brain to this very 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 low state that I mm. needed to go. And obviously, the sleep is the hardest part. But yeah, I you know I got my whoop data, so I'm always looking at my REM and deep. Mm. And although it's minimal, right? You know, if I was to show you, it was pr pretty scary how low it is. <laughs> right. It it's it somehow allows me to be able to deal with the jet lag and the traveling and and all that. And then the most important thing is the music. Like yeah. the, like like this, this like playing a show is my true love. The stage mm. is where I'm Still, destined to be. Literally, like, it's like. Yeah, because you put on a show. Like, like I'm meant to be you don't a DJ. Play and step back and wave your hands in the air. You're up on the table. You're caking people, which we're gonna get to in a second. <laughs> dude, it's like, I, I got to know like what the impetus was behind that. But um, you know, you're caking people. You're jumping around. I mean, you're singing into the mic. Like you're so present for these shows. It's it's fascinating to me to watch an athlete that can dominate a sport for 10 years, 12 years. It's fascinating to me to see somebody that actually can stay at a level, you know, the upper 1% and cruise at that level and maintain and not burn out for so many decades. And so you're driving to some of the points. You're curious. You gamify everything. But I often talk about the the frequency and the energy that we get from other people. Yeah, absolutely. And you get energy absolutely. from these crowds. Oh, it's 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 like I actually want to see more of a study. Yeah. I heard there I is, would love there, to see there that is, too. There, I think there is a study of something to do with um because like at one of my shows, mm -hmm. and you definitely want to put this in the video, but there's yeah. there's a there's a video of me clapping. 
Yeah. In Chile. Yeah. I'm clapping. And then there's like, I don't know how many people, like 100,000 people clapping at the same time. So like this moment of complete, like being in sync with this many people doing yeah. the same action, the same motion and the same energy that's being produced. There, there is something cosmic happening. And I'd yeah. love to see more research behind that because I don't want to get too metaphysical because I'm very scientific with yeah. like a lot of this stuff, mm -hmm. but there's something quantum happening. Well, there's certainly, a yeah, there's something quantum for sure. Like I, I mean, I've never, I've never been in front of the kinds of crowds you have, but sometimes when I'm on big stages and I feel super connected to the crowd and 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 there's like an interaction. You, you get like you get high from. That. Oh, the high is You're ridiculous. Just like, and the high yeah. is like a level of like mental clarity and alertness and happiness. And you're like, I don't want to be anywhere but right here in this one moment. Like like for and, example, I could be like you know when I do these three shows in a day or you know like these you know all these different cities and the jet lag. Yeah. Yes, I do. I'm human. I get tired. Right. I get tired right before the show, and but. I, ne I never, like before, you know, I'm like, I learned like different things. Before I would grab the Red Bull and right. take a sip. And I would take like one sip, you mm -hmm. know, because I really try to take the minimum dosage I need right. from like anything like artificial. Right. I don't touch anything anymore. Really? I literally just like, I'm okay. I'm like, everyone's like, damn, you're tired. How are you going to do the show? I'm like, don't worry. Dude. Just watch what happens. I'm like, my watch body what happens. Yeah. literally wakes up. It's on its own, on its own. It's There's, a complete natural. It's like it's it's. I'm so alert, so connected yeah. in that moment. And yes, like after the show, I do oh, like ride, yeah, I do ride this adrenaline, and then when the adrenaline drops, <laughs> my body just immediately like get me to a bed before I crash out like wherever I'm at. Yeah, because, yeah, I'm the same because I will sleep anywhere. You know, like yeah. So it's it's incredible. Like you said, there there is like this natural high. It's so much higher than any drug, any artificial external upper yeah. that they that it, it can't come close because it's mixed with with you know serotonin, endorphins, like the like all like the happy yeah. feelings going on in your brain and this yeah. and the connecting. Yeah. Which I realized this is what I love to do is I love to connect with strangers. Yeah. With my music. Amazing. You know, and I talked about that during COVID. It's like during COVID, we connected with family with familiar faces right right and we're but really as a species we want to connect with people we don't know right and that's why gatherings are you can't take them away right you can't take away a gathering you can't take away a sporting event you can't take away a festival music right. events because we want to be around people we don't know experiencing a high yeah and it's like it i i get to conduct that and i remember i was talking about it on stage yeah to a crowd i'm like I care so deeply to connect with with this with all of you. I don't know, and to like turn that into something that I know. Yeah. To make it like a real connection, That's and when wild. that when that really does happen, just like you said, yeah. When you're on the stage and you finally connect, mm -hmm. the high gets higher. It, it's insane. It elevates you. You're more. almost disappointed when the show ends. Like like. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, you're like, you know, that's it. I've been on like <laughs> stages and I see my, you know, clock go down. And again, it's a fraction of what you're experiencing, but you know, my clock goes down and I'm like, God, I really didn't enjoy yeah. it. I could go like another two hours. Like right. I, I'm just, I have so much to share and you guys are receiving it so well. And, and it just is that it's that, it's that high. And maybe that's a piece of what keeps you 
creative because you're not just doing the same show over and over and over like you're creating new music and you're creating a new experience and no two crowds are probably the same no right yeah so you get different energy from right from from each one but when it's really on it's got to be the best oh God. thing in the world like there's yeah. nothing that replaces it, it, it there's nothing that comes close to that high yeah it's just i mean i don't i've never done like uh you know cocaine or i've never done mdma i've never done like the you know certain popular drugs that that are the uppers that that get you really high right um i've done like you know lots of coffee and stuff like that you know right. but and i've drank myself silly to you know like that's a, that's a high as well smoked weed uh, uh smoked weed a little bit yeah. um but that's a, that that actually is not a high for me right that's like that's like a internal suck in and I, I, it's <laughs> not really for, yeah it's just like didn't I, I sucked into myself. I'm like, like all of a sudden, like, you know, like it's like it what happens to your dick when you go to the cold plunge. Steve, no, okay. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, 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 like I'm just like a turtle into a little ball. I'm like, uh, what do I do? So I was like, this isn't really for me. Yeah. But uh, but I mean, this it's I'm sure for for other people. But for me, it was it didn't give me the high that. But regardless of what, right. um, <laughs> the like it just I can't imagine there would be a greater high. You know, yeah. I just, I no, just I can't, can't. I can't yeah. either. And that's why, you know, sometimes I, I want people to experience things like cold plunging and 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 uh, you know, red light, nifrit, saunas, and breath work because it's a different kind of stimulus and high for your body. And when you learn for that to be your drug of choice, then ever all the benefits are positive. Yeah. Right. Um and but that's definitely my addiction. Yeah. I mean is I, the crowd. It, it's yeah. Yeah, and I, I like I said, I'm like I've i I'm meant to be a performer. I'm yeah. meant to be on the stage. Yeah, and I feel so naturally myself when I'm when I'm when I'm able to communicate at that level. You, you know, know it's, there, there's it's, um there's actually a law in physics. It's called constructive interference, and um, you might know this as a musician, but it says that if two frequencies of equal wavelength meet, the size of the frequency doubles. The size of the wave doubles. So if two waves of, of, of equal wavelength meet, then the size of the wave doubles. Which, for the people that believe in the universal law of attraction, um, there's, this is some physical proof that it exists, right? It means you can get energy from conversation. You can get energy from from other people. Like I'm getting energy from this conversation. Like yeah. I'm amped right now. I'm like, I'm really, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I'm enjoying this, this interview. It doesn't feel like work to me. Um, and and when you're performing, I bet the frequency coming from that crowd. Yeah, it's it's like has. Yeah, it really is, and yeah. obviously, just like anything, a great conversation to a, to to a great reception receptive crowd. Yeah, it, it's like it just keeps bouncing back and forth, and it just keeps growing. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. like there's like I, I, it's difficult to play uh, my music to a dead crowd. Oh, my, that would drive me crazy. <laughs> but, that, but like, well, the, yeah, there's like, destructive interference too, which is yeah. opposite wavelengths. So I mean, like, like when I first started DJing, you know, it, it was a different story. You know, yeah. like I'm trying to play everywhere. You, you showed me a picture out in the hallway of you playing to five people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, there's been made, like, and I think you made five bucks that night. Like yeah. You said too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, in those cases, it's like I'm hoping those five people. I'm like, like. At least pay attention. At least, yeah, like, yeah, at least give me your attention. You know, like because I because I could see I could see like right into your pupils. Like I could see everything. Right, you right. Know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, like I won't let you. I won't let you like talk to someone. Thank uh, you, all of you, for coming to the show. Today. I'm like I know all of your first names, but right <laughs> <Yeah. now, so. laughs> 
So to go from doing this in your college dorm room to five people, literally, as you said, sleeping on a beer soaked floor, um, to where you are now, I mean, to you, do you look back and, and, and just think there's so many times that I almost gave this up or did you always know in your heart, this is my purpose? Okay. So when I was playing, um, in my college apartment we, it really was my apartment I, I wish we could cut to this picture out there because first of all you look like you're 12 years old <laughs> <laughs> and i think you're actually singing into a microphone yeah yeah i used yeah. to sing in a band too oh, yeah. yeah yeah so because my first my first evolution uh of music was 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 rock it was like you know punk, punk yeah, you know, yeah playing guitar playing bass singing i played all those different instruments it's awesome and um and you know we we always played in front of like literally five to 40 people 40 is a lot wow yeah that was 40 is like oh my god we, this is crazy you yeah. know so and we toured all over i toured the united states by the time i was 21 like 14 times wow playing to five to 40 people how could you making the gas i mean we we would either like we we would either just put all the money in the gas uh or we and we always stayed we never stayed in a hotel so the 14 tours i never stayed in a hotel we'd always stay at a fan's house that would allow us to stay there no. or in the van or a friend's house no so at the end of the show i'll be like hey if there's a, a house we can crash um you know that'll be great so one of the five like Whoa. might feel guilty enough to be <laughs> you like imagine oh, you said oh, that man. to a crowd now <laughs> hey guys thank you uh, for for coming tonight by yeah, the way like, if anybody <laughs> has a couch i can sleep on about <laughs> <laughs> thirty-one thousand offers <laughs> yeah so i mean obviously on those tours when you're when you're doing it you're not we're not doing it for the money, right? Yeah. We're, we're, we're doing it because we love playing music. I yeah. love making music, writing music, recording these records, and hoping that, that like maybe one knows a lyric or two. Right. And like listen to my, because actually back then. Oh, you were playing your own, you weren't playing cover bands. No, though. no, no. We played only our own music. Wow. And we only released it on vinyl. Oh my God. Yeah. So the, like, it was only like limited to like 500 copies that you'd have to actually buy the vinyl and drop the needle and read the lyric sheet to even know the music because it wasn't no. available digitally or on CD or on, on cassette. Wow. So it was like, you really had to discover this kind of stuff. And so, of course, you're only playing to, you know, a dozen people at, right. a, at a time. Whoa. Um, and <laughs> $3 a ticket. Like, yes, yeah. exactly. So, like, I, I like the boot camp of that life of touring. Yeah. It really set me up to become the Guinness Book of World Records most traveled musician on the planet. Right. Because I was already touring with my band, you know, tr like driving to city to city, playing in front of whoever right. would show up and loving every minute of it. Wow. And, and showering once a month. Right. Or, and, but like, we were like pouring our hearts and sweating our faces off and, you know, at these living rooms and basements that we could find to play. Yeah. And so when later on, you know, to my, my next evolution of in music was becoming a DJ. Yeah. Then, you know, I was like, wow, I get to actually stay in some shitty motel this time. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah. And I got, bed. I got, and like, you know, you, you like, instead of getting paid, you, you got the shitty motel and you got... You got a, uh, a drink tab, you know, I'm like, sweet. <laughs> oh, yes. You know? like, now that's a score. Yeah. Like, you, and, and maybe like, you know, some money, you know, maybe right. a meal, but like, so it starts off there, but like, that's a major upgrade, you know? Yeah. So like everything, 
because I was lucky. I think that this boot camp lifestyle of mm. like understanding what it's like to love what you do at the core principle, because right. that really tests you there. That's that's like stayed with me through, you know, like all the touring that I do now because everything is it's so much nicer. Even right. though I hit the road so hard, I my my like I'm just I'm a soldier uh, yeah. in, in this kind of way, you know. Right. So if like there's an artist that blows up off a song, which is uh, most DJs blow up. It's like you have to make the music, mm-hmm. and then you DJ, mm-hmm. and their first their first understanding of what tour life is is the DJ life. You you already are eating caviar at the top from the get go. Right. You know. Right. So the, for the people that are in bands, especially punk bands, yeah, I I literally like like give all my respect to because they really are they truly it. doing it for the love. Yeah. And they are they're living a hard hardened life. Yeah. You know, they're like punk rockers like, you know, doing whatever they do just to have fun and right. and um and they're going from small crowd to small crowd and and yeah, yeah and just having and then, that. And then be famous but then come home and having to work as at a bar t- at a bar being a bartender or, or you know, doing whatever job they can find. Yeah. In their home. And then three months later, they go back out on the road, come back still broke. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. like 90% of, of musicians are like, yeah. That, yeah. You know? I mean, the, the, the tour just play, pays for the tour. Right. And doesn't actually feed the lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so when you're on the road and you're, you know, you're going show to show to show and you're traveling the way that you are and you're, you know, winning Guinness Book of World Record for the most traveled musician, which I still think is just mind numbing. Um, what are some of the hacks that you do? You said that you meditate, but I mean, when and where and, and how do you find time for it? Are you, are you doing it in your hotel room? I'm yeah, so I, I do it everywhere. I actually do it a lot on tra- on transportation. So cars, uh, plane. Mm-hmm. Um, I Like the plane is like my, that, that's like where I just sit back. Close and, your yeah, eyes exactly. and you start to, and, and how do you get yourself into that meditative state? I mean, for somebody that's never meditated, I mean, what is that? look like yeah i mean for me it's like it's, it's just finding i i find a center like i have like when i meditate you know mm-hmm. people have different ways to meditate i i got to meditate through transcendental meditation that was like the first real lessons of meditation i i, I took right in 2015 i had uh, a vocal cord surgery okay so i couldn't talk for a month whoa yeah so that like so before i got the surgery i actually got a coach like a life coach mm-hmm. because i thought i would go crazy right because you can't express yourself and you're st- you get stuck in your head and you're like you feel stuck and like wow. caged i didn't know that yeah so i was like i need to t- talk to someone to like help me through it and one of the things they suggested was fill up your time mm-hmm. with things that can help you and so what i did was like the i just started creating a schedule of things i wanted to learn and to better myself. So I, I was wow. like, I, I did meditation, uh, like I got a meditation teacher. And I know it's uncommon, but I just got one. They came in two hours a day for for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then we- And just I, spoke to you. I, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> no, just meditate with them and we'd meditate and we'd just get into the rhythm. Mm-hmm. Just like anything, you know, you so do you it consistently. So you find the center and you just, you just focus your mind on it. And, and Yeah, so what I've done now before, like with TMs, you have a, a word that's given to you and you like repeat that word. Hmm. So there's that, that form of meditation that the TM uses. Another form is, is follow your breath work mm-hmm. or your breathing, yep. right? 
for me, I follow, um, I have like this image in my head. Mm -hmm. It's literally a point with a triangle balancing at the top of the point and a triangle that's holding the point. Wow. So it's like, it's like two mountain peaks with like this, this really, I, I think about this, like this, this circular orb that mm -hmm. is so powerful. It can hold two mountains mm. balanced between two mountains. So I just think about this, this in my, when I close my eyes and I see the pattern and I just focus on the, the circle, like focus spinning. on that orb yeah. with and, your eyes closed. Yeah. And then, and then I, you know, as being a data person, I want to just make sure like, I'm not just not, I'm just thinking about this, you know, I want right, to see right. like, hopefully it's, I'm doing something. Yeah. So then, you know, I wear the device and make sure that I'm actually, you know, getting to this lower state. But are you getting that information in real time or you get it afterwards and you say, okay, I was yeah, focused after. and I got into theta. Yeah for that there's and two devices like i've used there's one from japan mm -hmm. called v okay and the other one i forgot the name of the other one actually let me let me find out and so these are these are measuring your theta wave yeah i, right? I don't know exactly what it, what it is measuring but it's um but when it's is it accurate enough that when you when you look at it and it says you've had a good meditation, you also feel like you've had a good meditation. Cause that's sometimes yeah. the things with the aura watches and the, um, or the aura rings and the, and the whoops is like, you can go, man, I feel pretty good this morning. And then you look at your aura and you're like, Oh, actually I don't, I, I really had a shitty night's sleep. You know? It's like, yeah, you know? I know. I, I get, so, see that that's, that's like one thing I have to be careful with. Cause I get so obsessed with the data. Yeah, that it's and like, it affects, hey, Steve, you had a really shitty night's sleep. Yeah. You're really, you are really tired. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, <laughs> the show gonna it suck. definitely affects me. And, uh, and, and um, it kind of, it, it like really scared me a bit. So um, I, that's why I like, I used to wear the aura ring mm -hmm. and that showed very conservative REM sleep. It scared the living like hell out of me. Like just it scared me a lot because right. I was getting like 10 minutes of REM. Like oh, wow. 30 minutes of REM. Right. And I'd sleep for seven hours. Yeah. And then the... And your brain foundation's like, Steven, that's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I shared the data with Matthew Walker and he was like, you, it, if, if you were like a close family member, I would tell you, you really desperately need to fix this right. or else you're going to have severe brain issues in the future. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I've, I wear the Whoop at the same time and the Whoop gives me different data. Mm. And I have an Apple Watch... It gives me very similar data to the whoop, which I'm assuming is because it's on the wrist yeah. versus the finger. Right. And the whoop gives me more REM. Okay. <laughs> so, was, now you're device surfing, I'm like, dude. I'm like, dude. you know what? I'm going to take this off. And I just don't, even if it's like the more honest this one. This is like getting to the oh. therapy level here. We need to fucking dive into this, uh. dude. <laughs> So now he's device serving. He's like, you know what? I'm not actually going to change my sleep. I'm going to change my device to tell yeah, me which uh, one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying the aura doesn't work. I'm just saying like the whoop shows I get better REM. So I'm like, this at least allows me to like live my life, even though yeah. data is important, right? Yeah. So no, it is. Uh, I mean, if you can't measure it, you can't change it, right? Yeah. You can't fix it. So um, you know, by being it, at least you know where you stand. But I think a lot of that's probably made up by meditation because you know theta wave uh, REM sleep is that that part of the sleep where the brain is repairing and detoxifying and eliminating waste, dividing, and, and it's, it's doing all of those things to, to heal itself. And there's evidence that that happens in meditation too. So it's probably a good way for you to offset, 
you know, the lack of yeah, the lack yeah, of sleep. I think all those little mini mini breaks that I I use at time to completely drop. And another thing I learned is uh, there's this app called True Diagnostic, which checks mm-hmm. your your biological age. Yep. And it shows that my biological age is 33, and I'm on the top percentile of right. my age group. I was actually, without knowing that data, telling you that tonight, too, that you were moving into the 30s, remember? Yeah, um, yeah, you did. And you, yeah. and you told me about the true true diagnostic. So it shows you that, you know, it's, what do you say to those people that say, I just don't want to know? I don't want to know what's going on in my blood work. I don't want to know what's going on in my genes or if my bacteria is off in my in my gut. It's like, I just don't. It's like a, if you don't understand a baseline— of where you're at, then you can't improve. Right. So it's like, if, if you don't want to improve, then that's okay. You know, everyone's right. different. Like, so I actually know a few people close to me that don't want any of that information because it gives them too much anxiety. Mm. I'm like, it's okay, but you won't understand what your baseline is so you can improve right. to be a more optimal human. To be right. the ultimate human. To be the yeah. ultimate. <laughs> you know, the like, bad, that one's going viral. Cut that one off, Max. Oh, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I care. It's like truly care about being the ultimate human. Yeah. Like, I really gamify it so I can have fun with it. Yeah. And I could be a better person, and I can, you know, like just give better shows, give better, like have my quality of life yeah. engaged more. Yeah. And uh, I, I want to live. And I, the most important thing is, I just love life. Yeah. That's the end of it. Like I, I love I too. life. Yeah. You know? I do too. I, like, you, I always say, man, I keep talking to my stuff on the ground, but I always say like, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, fuck yeah, another day. Like I, I don't like sleeping, not because I actually don't like to sleep. I, I enjoy sleeping, but I don't like to not be awake. Because yeah, yeah, there's so much yeah, cool I, shit I, going I'm on. I'm the same way. Yeah. Before. I'm literally that way. Yeah. And the other people, they're like, they don't get that. No, no. Like, I, I, I used to be like that. I used to hate sleep because I needed to, I wanted to be awake to, to do more. To experience. Yeah, to experience yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. Like, I thought that was the most important. Then I started realizing I had, like, a fogginess of certain memory. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's because I'm not sleeping. Yeah, yeah. So I, memories are part of your experiences. So, yeah. so like, you know, I started changing, like, the you know, putting the sleep as a major tenet of what's important to my, you know, what's important to me. Right. But I think the, the basis of all of this, the basis of this data and this gamification and all this stuff that I do and, and, and touring so much, whatever it is, is that I just love life. Yeah. I really, truly love life. And I love spending it with strangers as well as spending it with people I, that are very close to me. Right. And, um, and that's, that, that's, that, that balance is, mm. is something I'm working on because I've, I like follow this addiction to be on the road and I come home and I see my mom and I just give her a big hug and I'm like, I You're just never really want to let her go. You're close to your mom. I see that, man. And it's, yeah, and it's, it's like, and it's, but it's like not enough time. Right. You know, like, you know, and then you're like, then when you're in those moments, you're like, I need to balance that more. So that's right. one thing I'm, you know, maybe you have to gamify that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Start measuring the amount of time you spend with your mom. <laughs> get it, get it, get a chart. Yeah. So, you know, on this massive, you know, journey, this, this, this career, you know, they, Sometimes they say being like the lead rhino in the herd is difficult because there's no one to follow. So who are you following or who is inspiring you and what is keeping you inspired to just continue to create and and to make music and actually try to deliver a better experience for I, I think I think it's okay. So there's different people inspire me in, in different worlds because I'm involved in a lot that yeah. that really 
pull my curiosity and then allow me to create in those spaces. Yeah. And in music, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's, I mean, there's, there's tons of DJs and artists out yeah. there. And the great thing about EDM and the, the music culture that I'm part of mm -hmm. is that there's not like beefs really. Everyone right. gets along generally. Yeah. You know, like, no, I, I, I work with a lot of DJs. You guys all speak highly of each other. It's yeah. really kind of an interesting, it's the know. most harmonious music community I've ever experienced. Yeah. Out of all the communities. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Everyone like, like, cause a, a DJ's, you know, nature is to play other music. So if like, right. if your, your, your like competition is makes a banging record yeah. that would like essentially like, well, it's your competition. You can't support that. Right. You play that. Right. It helps you. Yeah. So like when you support your, your contemporaries, you support your colleagues or your competition, yeah. uh, you know, that you that could be your competition. Yeah. Like it, it like benefits your show and, and then they get excited. And then like, you know, your ideas, like, you know, can I make a record that other DJs will play? It's so funny that you yeah. say that. Cause I, I, I just uh, had Cedric Gervais on the podcast and he said almost those exact words. He said, I've made my greatest music when I was just trying to make music for my friends. I just wanted <laughs> to make music that my friends would want to play. Yeah. Right. That other DJs would want to play. And, and you know his his Grammy award winning song. He said he just was making that in hopes that his friends would just play his music. Yeah, it's and, true. And the songs that everyone plays that 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 eventually becomes part of culture. Right. You know, those are the songs that that live the test of time. They become your legacy. And yeah. then for me, there's also this 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 pursuit to tell story mm. that is that creates almost like a shell to not be played by other DJs, mm. which is a problem because I care so much about storytelling. Oh, So like, you know, I have a whole series called Neon Future. I did four albums of Neon Future. Okay. And and I did a comic book series with Tom Bilyeu around Neon Future and I did an NFT project. Like I was just building this whole world and each album had scientists and, and people in science on each album to really bridge the two worlds together of science and music. Wow. Yeah, I had Ray Kurzweil on a song. I had J.J. Abrams on a song, uh, Bill Nye. I had Brian Johnson before Blueprint when he was just doing Colonel. And what did do you do Colonel. on the song? What's that? What did they do on the song? I just record them like a Really? Like, yeah. Really? So, so we could do a song. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, a song. do you want me to do <laughs> yeah, a song yeah. to see okay. Yeah, yeah. So oh, that's cool. yeah, that's easy. We we could do a song. I because like you know with dude, I'd love to do a song. That would be so yeah. cool. With Brian, we I I was uh, at Colonel just. He was showing me all the brain technology he's working on, mm -hmm. which is really exciting. He's, he like can test the age of of your brain. Wow! With his uh, with his non invasive uh, headgear, mm -hmm. so which I'm excited to check out because the one I looked at was like five years ago. Wow! So he's advanced far further on that. Right. And back then he was still doing the leading research on brain technology. Wow! And I'm big in the brain, so I met him and I I just recorded him. I was really? like, talk about a neon future. What does the future look like for you? And then, you know, he, he went into what that was. I asked Bill Nye the same thing. And you just played those vocals? I just I just used the vocals, and then I would write music under it. So, like, wow. they didn't have to write any music. Like, right. you know, you just have to talk about your version of the future. But Neon Future has since, you know, I've tabled it because I've created a whole new IP called mm. HeroQuest. Mm. 
which you know is this here which is the tour you're on now yeah exactly right. so i have like two albums second album dropping november 17th wow congratulations but, but you know doesn't mean that it doesn't like eliminate the fact that we're going to do a song. We're yeah, going to okay. do a song. All right. Awesome. And awesome. It will, it will no, be part of the definitely holding you to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do something. Yeah, that, for that, sure. That's so cool. Dude. Yeah, yeah. We're do a song. Um, and if it becomes a smash hit, you know, maybe I'll start Yeah, this will be your first. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this will be your first Spotify song. Yeah, this will definitely be my okay, first Spotify right, song all right. for sure. All right, well, let's do it. <laughs> dude, that's so cool. So, um, you know, so you're, 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 you know, you're out on the road, you meditate, you know, you've, you're, you're gamifying your health and like how much has that impacted your ability to keep up that pace? Um, it's just, I mean, there's a lot, so there's meditation, there's, there's diet. Diet is a big one too. You know, like, uh, and it's really tough to be on the road to, to have like the diet that I want because I am an impulse eater. Yeah. Like I just eat what's in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the ways I can control that is by just making sure my rider is a clean rider. So when I go into the dressing room, right. I have like my vegetable tray, I have my water, or, you know, whatever like the basics are. And of right. course, like there's the party stuff, right? you know, the drinks and everything else. Right. And that's for everyone. Right. Because we have, you know, what, you know, if anyone wants to come and enjoy themselves, but I have like my impulse bites if i need it ah. my little energy bites so 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 your crew knows that this is what we put around you yeah exactly so i have that around me as well as well in my hotel right and i just i i just have like a very restrictive diet i try not to eat too much on the road I, and plus like before a show i don't like to have a big meal anyways right so i try to be efficient try to eat like you know non-processed foods and that's been a game huge. changer that's a that's a game changer huge game changer yeah not eating like i hope junk you guys food. are listening to this yeah it's, it's a huge thing so not uh, not having junk food having eating as, as much non-processed foods as i possibly can i can't control that entirely mm-hmm. but uh, i i try to do my best with that mm-hmm. and um meditation these little resets naps whenever i can um and and like you know i just i don't I don't get sloshed. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the main things is before up to 2009, it was part of my shtick it to was. like be like downing a Grey Goose while oh. I'm DJing. And and it's like and it's then, the, the best way for me to explain it is like this. It's like literally like, so at a club and you're at a party and it's like raging. Yeah. When you do that, people go crazy, right? Yeah. So it was like always like, oh, that's my shtick. Because yeah. I always like was like, I was consistent with the theme. Yeah. And then at one point I had a raft and I was riding on a raft. So I was, I was thinking about like, I got to entertain these motherfuckers out there. You're, you're entertaining yeah. yourself. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. So when I'm doing that, I'm like no longer, I don't even see the crowd anymore. They don't exist. I'm just like lost in my own like crazy right. like, place. And I, when I stopped doing that in 2009, I stopped. I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. It's not sustainable. Right. Um, that's when I started thinking like about the crowd. That's why I started thinking about like different ways to entertain them and not myself, just like you said. Yes. And that's when like, the cake, you know, the cake idea came out. Is that where it came from? I and mean, what was the impetus for that? Where you were like, um, I'm actually going to start smashing people. Okay. So the impetus the was, was uh, Coachella 2009. I had my first time I had a stage where I was like, okay, I have a really big crowd. I played 2007. I did, it was my first time playing and it was kind of like, a tough show for me mm-hmm. um, because of like just technical issues, but mm-hmm. it was really eye opening. 
2009, I was like, okay, now I'm prepared to be able to put on a show. I'm not just a DJ anymore. I'm an entertainer. Right. That's how I started mentally thinking. So at these different moments of the show, it's almost like a play. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to jump in the crowd here. I, I have like, you know, I have like these girls that help me make these crazy outfits. They're going to jump on the stage with me. We're going to shoot, sh like shoot water with uh, super soakers in the crowd. And then here's a really interesting idea. We're going to get a raft out, four of them, and we're going to just jump on, on the raft and raft on the crowd. Wow. I did that. And then all of a sudden I'm in so Rolling you, Stone. So you, 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 you put the song on. Yeah, I put the song, play got, song. Like it's a seven minute song. I got to be back to the fucking booth by seven. No, it's, it's three minutes. Three minutes. And then the song ends. <clears throat> like, so half, like half the time the song ends. And you're like, and you so guys like, got to get me back. I'm just like a, like a sailor on in, in like, I'm like a pirate just going like pointing really? this way. And, and then they actually then, start then pushing me forward. Yeah. Dude, that's so that's happened a million times when this, the song just ends and I'm just like, Guys, I got to get back on stage. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, <laughs> that was my thing. I got on the cover of, a, not the cover, I, I got in Rolling Stone magazine. And like Paul McCartney was in the page and then there's a picture, small picture of me. So it was a big deal wow. in 2009. Like who's this Asian guy on a, on a rap right. that's a DJ <laughs> playing at Coachella? Yeah. So then I started thinking, like then I did every show, mm. right? So then I was like, I got to be consistent with this thing. And, and then I started like- Dude, that's so Yeah, cool. just having fun with that. I did that for- three years and then 2011 ish then i was like i gotta come up with something new right and then i was like oh if i cake someone at a show i wonder how that would go so i went to a bakery and then you know and this is like i'm by the way up until this point i'm traveling totally alone wow so i'm doing like in 2010 2011 i'm, I'm doing 250 300 shows but i'm doing wow. it totally alone you're and traveling by yourself and just traveling showing by myself. up Plugging in all your shit. And Plugging everything in. Like, every, like I never thought about having a tour manager until 2011 midway through. Wow. Because, like, it was just, I was playing bigger shows. And actually, I had a long talk with, with Skrillex at the time. We were playing a show together. Yeah. And he had a tour manager. And, uh, and he's like, I don't know why you don't have a tour manager. It just makes yeah. life so much easier. And then he broke it down for me. And then I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. I'm yeah. actually gonna bring someone out on the road with me. I never thought about that before. Right. Um, but anyways, in 2011, I was like, oh, let's let's see how this would go. Um, and I got the local guy to film. Yeah. And I, I just brought the cake. I was like showing the crowd like the cake. And <laughs> yeah. And there's like, the crowd's completely confused. Yeah. You know, like someone's birthday. Like, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, on? yeah. They're like, what's he doing? <laughs> and then like there's, you know, at every show, it was always like that. But yeah. it's always like without a doubt, it happens every time. There's always one person at the very least that's like, please cake me. Yes, dude. Because it's see my that. birthday. And yeah. And I just want it. I'm just so like like lit right now. Yeah, I want this on my so face. Lit. No. And and then like I started caking people and we started filming it put you know started started going viral pre yeah. pre Instagram oh, so this is on YouTube major viral now I mean. yeah and then yeah so it's 13 years later and I've you know cake like now I cake like 10 do 10 cakes a show yeah so you do you know, 10 cakes a show yeah so it's like over over 20,000 people I've caked at this point <laughs> I, just now <laughs> you know I retired doing I retired doing the boat because I yeah. used to have a boat and I used to have an inflatable bed. An inflatable yeah, mat, so like I'd, a mattress? Yeah, so I have this inflatable mattress, and then I would climb to, like, the second, um, like, you know, the balconies. Yeah. And I would 
dive off the balconies into this inflatable mattress. Oh my and God. yeah. And cause like, you know, like I, I'm a punk rocker. So yeah. I come from like a world in punk rock and hardcore where people would do the most insane stage dives into the crowd. Wow. I'm like, Oh, if you stage dive onto an inflatable mattress. Yeah. At least you're you know, spreading yeah, the inertia out exactly. a little bit. <laughs> so, and then I eventually retired all that. And then, uh, but the cakes, I never retired because I did for, for a short stint, like mm. in 2015, I wrote a whole like, to cake or not to cake, uh, four page kind of, uh, I don't know what you like call a it. Memoirs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like why I going to retire the cake and I, wow. I put it up in the daily beast. Like you it was did. a whole, like it was a whole statement of why I'm retiring the cake. Yeah. And, uh, I retired for like a year, but everyone's demanding the cake. Did, really? And I just was like, okay, Dude, I'm bringing it back. Br really? So I you brought, brought it back in 2016 or something like that. <laughs> and so I just awesome. haven't gone back since. It's just, it's just. Dude, it's yeah. so awesome. Cause I actually see, I mean, somebody did like a montage of probably 20 or 30 cakes. Uh, I, I, I saw on Instagram or TikTok yeah. or maybe it was something somebody sent, sent to me. It was, it was hilarious, but every single one of them was like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, people yeah. were like begging for it. And you're pretty accurate now. I mean, you're oh, like yeah, a major yeah. league pitcher now. You don't <laughs> miss. You never whiff. No, no. I mean, I mean, that's, that's like anything is experience, you know? Like, yeah. But, but, but like throwing a cake is like throwing a piece of plywood. You yeah. got the wind and you got to make sure that it doesn't hit them sideways. Yeah. Gotta but, hit them flat dude, I, I got it all down. Yeah. It's but, just like when you see- some of so perfect in slow motion. It's like, yeah. It's like yeah. chariots of fire. Yeah. 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 That's, that's video. That's yeah, the video right there. But just like anything, when you watch like, uh, you know, someone do a remarkable throw, Yeah, you know, in football or in baseball, like how do they judge and gauge it with all that? And you're like, you know, it's, it's, I mean, experience. Anybody ever get like time. really pissed off and be like, you fucking threw a cake in my face, <laughs> no. dude. What's the matter with you, bro? I think, I think. Can't hear some music. The problem is, is like now Steve Aoki is synonymous with cake. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, oh, it's so, it's yeah, so true. So it's like, it's a good and bad thing. You're like the like, cake boss, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cake whisperer. <laughs> I definitely have the cake whisperer for sure, yeah. Have they gotten cheaper and cheaper? I mean, are they just straight whipped cream now? Or? Oh, no. It's like some of these cakes are like, I mean, they're pretty... Pretty grandiose cakes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, the bakers come to my show. Really? They're, they're excited to take pictures with me. And they tell me, like, we spent two weeks making these cakes. I mean, because we have a really? we have a six-page cake writer. So wow. the cake writer, it's it's like the promoter has to adhere to this cake writer and sign off. There's before. a dimension. Yeah, it's just yeah. everything. It's like yeah. the, the material, the ingredients. Yeah. You know, there's a lot less cake to be honest it's kind of no pun intended yeah it's, a, it's not it's not that much cake in the cake yeah yeah and uh because you know. it's too heavy i mean I yeah like really exactly it's a it's it's more explosive and it's just it's just a mess yeah it's just a total explosive mess yeah, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that's just so awesome that you still having fun with it is that part of like um that part of putting on the show and i said this before we got on like you know i watch your shows i mean you're on the DJ booth. You're throwing cakes. I mean, you're engaged. You're grabbing the microphone. I mean, you're you're super in that moment for them. And I think at some point that's got to contribute with why people love to see your shows live so much. I, I always want to make a show that's that's unique to me. So they're like, oh, we wanna we wanna like go to see a Steve Aoki show. Like, yeah. Oh, that was a Steve Aoki experience instead of just like any ordinary DJ. So yeah. that's, it's like, that's the difficult part is how do you create something that is unique to your show yeah. as a performer? Because whether you're a DJ, whether you're a, a rapper or a singer or a band, 
we're right. all we're all trying to do something that's unique to unique yeah. our experience yeah and just saying hey ho right sit down jump up everyone do a mosh pit you know it's right like, those are things that are historic with all music and are, big live shows and 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 i'm sure you follow other artists and 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 what have you but are there any artists that you would just love to collaborate with um there's a lot the yeah. list the list is really long i it mean is. uh because and they are all different genres for yeah, different reasons see, see yeah exactly so because i cross so many genres yeah. the list is actually like in, like increasingly increasingly getting bigger and bigger mm. and when i get into a new genre that i haven't haven't collaborated with before right. Then as I collaborate with those artists in that genre, it opens me up to a whole plethora of, you know. Yeah, new new followers, just, new people, new yeah, listeners. And, and not just like who are like the big the big movers and shakers in that space, but the, the next ones coming up. Because that's what excites me as well. Right. I want to work with the next ones coming getting up. Getting that vocal that's like about to break. Yeah, out. getting the artist that's like, you know, is bubbling and like you want to work with them before they break. Because yeah. like I, I'm, I'm an A&R at the end of the day. Right. Like I think with everything I've ever done, that's mm -hmm. you know, I always say that curiosity is, is a big part of my success. Yeah. Being an AR is also a big part of my success. Mm. And the AR is in everything. It's in being an entrepreneur. You have to like know which which are uh you know companies to invest into. Right. And put your time into. Which yeah. as a record label owner, which bands to to like focus your energy and and yeah. and you want them to blow up and scale up. So you're you know, not really following a trend. You're trying to set the trend. Yeah, right? I want to. And then with artists I collaborate with, it's like, of course, like to work with Post Malone or Drake or any of like the big names out there would be right. a dream. Right. But also to work with the, the artists that just about to blow up. Yeah. You know, like Nathaniel Cano from Mexico. He's this artist. You've heard of Peso Pluma mm -hmm. from Mexico. Well, Nathaniel Cano is, is in that same world. And we made two songs with each other last year. Really? And he's like, dominating same with santa fe clan in mexico so like in latin i'm going and working with a lot of the you know the underground artists that are just about to blow up and right right after i release with them it's amazing to see a santa fe clan is another artist from mexico mm -hmm. that's just literally exploding yeah now. you know just literally exploding and you try to stay true to their music or true to your music or do you try to create something brand new and unique it kind of it goes in all different directions it's it's a matter of our connection, mm -hmm. you know, in some cases, like they want to go more traditional mm. uh, in their space. In their space. And I'll, I'm more of the producer. Right. And I will, I will follow them. Right. Okay. So like I go into each, each session in a very humble but this manner. this expands your horizon too, because then you're not always dictating and directing. I mean, it's probably good as an artist to take some direction and see what you can create. Yeah. That, that right? helps me with I mean, my kind of production cool. prowess for sure. So yeah. I, I definitely grow my caliber of production and my just expansion of creativity when I allow them to lead. But in some cases they come in here like, what do you got? And I'm yeah. like, okay, good, sweet. Well, yeah. th these are the ideas. So I kind of let them, you know, it's just like hosting at, a, at your house. Yeah. You know, you want to make sure everyone's comfortable first. And then when everyone's comfortable, we can, now we're going to, now we're going to truly party. Yeah. You know but what it's I mean? also like you want people to listen to it and go, holy shit, that's Stevie Hokey. That yeah, doesn't yeah. sound like Stevie. Yeah, yeah, okay, I love that's that. Fucking badass. I love that. Yeah, and then I also love that sounds exactly like Steve Aoki. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I like both. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I like having the surprise and yeah. going, "Wow, I can't believe he did that." You know, yeah. 
Um, and that's you know, cool too. Yeah. So I mean, some of my biggest successes was you know, was doing something complete outside of my my world, like working with Louis Tomlinson from One Direction, and we yeah. had we had a massive record. It's got like over five or six hundred million streams. Wow. And and you know, my first uh, collaboration collaboration with BTS. It's one point two or one point three billion views on YouTube. Wow. Yeah. So like, and that was like the first big K-pop breakthrough song in America. It was the first time a K-pop artist broke in the Billboard Top 100. Really? So that was a massive one for K-pop. Right. And, um, and I, so that's why I love to work in different areas and fields. Yeah. And, and I, and I, you know, my new album, I'm working with this country artist named Ernest. Oh, I was going to ask you if you'd done anything in the country. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did a song with Kane Brown on my last album. Yeah, and this new artist, he's going to blow up. He's he he's he's wrote for Morgan Wallen. He's he's an incredible writer, and he's does also, have country roots, or are you just using the country? It's twang to his voice and there's to, there's it's like so the Kane Brown record. Yeah, had a lot of like hoedown country kind of. Like what I imagined, what I wanted people to be TikTok dancing to, and in, right. in their in in the country in the country culture. Um, this one is more of an electronic record with the twang. Okay, so it's like every record has a different kind of trajectory. Yeah, and when you sit down with the artist, you don't have this preconceived notion. No, no, you're like let's open minded really collaborate. And and are most of the artists open to that? Or are they like, hey, let's see kind of where this goes? I, I liked, like, just like with anything, like with everything, I let I like to let them lead first. And if they're like, okay, um, let's hear what you have. Yeah. And then, you know, I I mean, that, that's easy. And how does you this, because, you know, I don't, I don't know much about producing music. So how does this come together? You come into a studio like this? Yeah, yeah. So, so the a, lot of, here? a lot of my, my sessions are here. Okay. But a lot of sessions are, you know, just sending stems back and forth. Okay. So with artists I that mean, are really far away, drop it up and you send it. Exactly. They, like, you know, like, uh, with, with BTS, for example, um, there's a song called the truth untold, which also did fairly well. It's, it's an album cut that, I mean, I think it did like, you know, hundred million streams or something. Wow. And it's just an album cut. Okay. And, um, don't, I, mean, I don't know the exact number on the streams, but it did really well. Mm -hmm. And that song, um, I delivered it to them. Like, you know, with, with the, the melodies and yep. the music. In some cases, they just sing it. And yeah. some cases, we write together. In some cases, they write it. So there's so many different oh, ways, wow. you know. Um, I have songwriters that come to the house and we'll do camps here mm -hmm. and, and, and just take up the whole house. And like, are they, they're writing the lyrics, but what else do they do? They pull in the vocals? Do they, do they help put the song together? Yeah, I mean, some cases, like I have other producers in here that will work together on different aspects of different songs. Yeah. I'll have different musicians come in here just yeah. to write different riffs. Um, okay. With Tom Morello from Rage Against Machine, we we made a song together. Yeah. And um, so I had him send me like 16 different riffs, you know, okay. just, just different, like, just different, like guitar just slides him. and stuff. Yeah. And I would take, like, I took like maybe three of them mm -hmm. and then I would start working on our track. And then once I had a beat to it and I had like some, some like electronic drop to it yeah, and get his approval on it. Then we're like, okay, let's think of a singer that fits that. So then we oh, sent it out. Wow. To like, yeah. So then we sent out to rise against the singer of rise against. Yeah. And he loved it. And he wrote the lyrics okay. and he recorded that in his session. Tom Morello recorded his guitars in, in his studio. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm putting the, the record together and, and putting it all with the electronic production underneath the guitars yeah. and the vocals 
here in my studio. Right. So, you know, it's everything is different. And, and then how do you just try it out on a crowd? I mean, do you do you sort of sneak it into your set and just see I sometimes, how the crowd I sometimes react? like like go, this is my new one, Tom Morello. No idea when it's coming out. Let's hear it. <laughs> really? Yeah. And you just see yeah. how they're like, yeah, are yeah. they feeling it? And you get that vibe from the crowd oh, yeah. and you're like, we're on to something here. Yeah, exactly. Dude, and that's, some, sometimes that's... they hear, the crowd hears something that never comes out. Yeah. That happens a lot, actually. Really? Yeah. So I always tell you try the crowd, it out and then you just end up not, not liking it? Or changing the whole song. Really? Or not, the song never comes out. So sometimes I even say, you might not ever hear, like, you're the only people that will hear this version. Yeah. So let's, like, let's make yeah. it special. Because, the, you, you know. know. That, that's kind of an, an, another thing that um, uh, another DJ was explaining to me. It's like, look, we're not, like, a traditional artist where we go into the studio, we put a whole album together, and then we're like, okay, I hope everybody likes yeah, it. We exactly. drop this yeah. album. It's like you kind of get the luxury of you're out there every day. We're modulating. You're like, we're, yeah. we're, we're always evolving in real time. Yeah. And and, and we need the crowd. And if something's good, you can dig into it. And if, right. if you fucked up, you can drop it and you're on to the next show and you kind, yeah. of, you kind of get that feel like in real time. And uh, like, you know, with everything, it's like, you need to feel it with other people, right? Yeah. So like here in my studio, I'm going to hear it in the best quality, right? Right. And of course I play it in my car and I'm on like my phone because all the different ways people listen to music. Right. But I really need to play in front of people. Yeah. To, to like really to get the true sure sense of it. you're not in your own head and exactly. just going, okay, I really like this, but maybe I've heard this beat so many times. I'm so more familiar with it because I've been in the studio mixing this thing for so long, but then you just drop it on the crowd and then I'm like, oh, okay, this drop, this drop does work, or this drop is way like it's just not what you expected. Yeah. And you go back in the studio, and what I like to do is I like to go right back to the studio and tweak it right away. Right away. Yeah. Or like, and then you'll bring it right back out again and drop it on another crowd. Yeah, and drop version two, that and then sometimes so cool. I'm up to version fifty. Really? Yeah. Like I've gone up to version like more than that. You know, mm -hmm. like, and sometimes I've had songs that never came out for years. And 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 then I find out that the band breaks up. <laughs> I find right out, about the time you're making them famous. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, something happens, exists. and like it's just like okay, we they're they're too big now, yeah. and they don't want to release something from the past. So sometimes oh, that happens. Dude. Like I've had like yeah. you know like incredible. You're sessions. like it's perfect. Are you guys ready? Literally, yeah. like like some of the most insane sessions with some incredible musicians and artists that. I think people would would drool to hear it, but like they'll never come out, you know. But oh, then, wow. and then after a number of them, you just, you know, just like anything, you you you're not as hurt because you've right. dealt with that, and you're like, this is part of the nature of how things go. Right. That's so awesome. So looking forward, I mean, where's where's Steve Aoki going? Like, where is Steve Aoki in the next five years? Like, what's exciting you on your horizon? God, I'll be 50 then. <laughs> <laughs> not biologically, brother. No, no, not biologically. You're with not your even health, in your 40s. With your health, yes. I'm going to stay, like, in my 30s at Young least. forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I can't imagine not doing what I'm doing. But, like, so I, I, whenever I think about what I'm doing five years from now, I always think about what I would have thought five years ago and where I'm at now. Yeah, so, cause like, well, that's a great. Because like, I, I, obviously, that's a great way to think about it. I know what I'll be doing in the next year. Right. I have, it's already planned. Yeah, yeah I got yeah, my schedule planned. <laughs> right. I already have like 
my album, my release schedule, even like I have an idea that I like to stay online, even with HeroQuest, I have like at least minimum four albums mm. under that. So like, I know that's going to go out for the next two more albums. Right. Right. So, or I mean, I mean, two more years after this, because I have HeroQuest 2 dropping in November. So I have that going on. So that's like a, a guiding line because my career is, is so stable with what I do. Right. You know, it's like when you're younger, it's a lot more choose your own adventure of where you can go. Right. And as you, your career gets so structured, yeah, it's easier just to know what five years looks like than 10 years ago. Because you have a lot of the same venues and you know, yeah. yeah. And they're booking you in advance. And, and you like, like yeah. And like you just, it's more about maintaining because you've, you've reached a certain level mm -hmm. that like, you know, of course it's like, I, I love to play in bigger venues. Right. I'm also like very content, like just controlling it in this space as well. Right. And just maintaining at the very least maintaining. Right. And if there is this pipeline or this moonshot moment that happens, right. You know, where like I have a couple of breakthrough songs and all of a sudden I'm playing somewhere else. That's a bonus that, that, yeah. that never, never thought that was in the equation. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's gotta be that, some of the great. like fun of the career. It's like, yeah. you don't truly know where it's going. Yeah. Right? I mean, you always want all your songs and all your things to be hits. And, yeah. you, and like when, when I leave the studio and I finish the song, it's already a hit to me. Right. And I'm, I've already been happy. I'm not putting my songs on someone else's like, uh, you know, roller coaster ride. And I'm just right. like letting that just go up and down because it will do that right. regardless of what I think, yeah. you know? So I'm just like, if I release it, then I have to be okay and be proud of that. And that, that's, that's the, it's already a hit to me. Right. But I, yeah, so in the next, the next five years, um, I have a pretty good structure of where I'm at, of where things are going. I, I can't imagine doing anything but music as my main core. Right. Because it really, I mean, you're involved in a ton Yeah, for 30 years, things, you know, yeah. but like, I know I'm going to get deeper and in, into understanding my body. Yeah. And, and, um, and, you know try to reverse my aging process as much as yeah, possible. Yeah. You know, like that's a big, big passion project for me. Right. It's a, it's a hobby. Yeah. Because it requires you're a lot very of time. Good at it. Yeah. It and does. I love it. Yeah. And I think like, you know, the amount of time that I do in all these, these little, little hacks mm -hmm. that I do to, to, you know, uh, to like slow down my aging process. And, right. And to give me more energy, whether it's doing it or not, I really enjoy the process. Yeah. You know, it's like going back to me as a kid when I was playing in, in bands, playing for five to 40 people. Right. I really enjoyed it. It wasn't about how much money did we make at the end of the day. Right. So I, it's like it's it's like with everything. As I think if, as long as you enjoy the process. I like yeah. enjoy going in the red light bed and in the hyperbaric <laughs> chamber and the cold plunge, which we're going to do yeah, later. Yeah, I know we are. And the sauna. <laughs> like, I enjoy it. Even though, yeah. like, I enjoy sitting in the pain and, like, going, fuck, this feels like fucking hell that's yes, actually dude, opposite of hell degrees. it's the opposite it's like, of hell <laughs> yeah it's but like ice hell yeah ice yeah. hell but i love it you yeah. know so you know i think that i think that's like that's part of it yeah um so I, I i wind down every podcast by by asking the same question there's no right or wrong answer um to the question but what does it mean to you to be a superhuman an ultimate human the ultimate human Ah, uh, well, I think, I think, you know, going to what I was saying earlier that, you know, 
understanding the basis of why I do what I do, that I love life. Yeah. And I, and I, and I love sharing these moments with people, strangers, strangers and, and like close people around me. Yeah. Like the ability to share these experiences Mm -hmm. like that, that is a core. That is a core of being the ultimate human because from that, only great things can blossom. Only right. then you then you care about longevity, not just for yourself, but for the people that you love and for the people that that can, you can inspire. Mm. I mean, I, I think it's, it's something really interesting. It's like you inspiring people that that you don't realize you inspire, you don't you don't feel or see mm-hmm. that that's going to have an effect. And you're like, okay, that's great. But when you meet someone that's been inspired by you know, you just being you yeah, and you see them and you, they like, and you hug them and you have this moment Yeah, you're like this, this human, real human moment. Yeah. You're like, that's, that's what you live for. You're like, fuck, that's really cool. Yeah. You know, like, wow, these songs touched you Yeah, in a way that exactly what you you know. Yeah. It's like, they touch you so deeply. Like I met this, this, uh, woman in, um, Chile and she had this sign. She was in a wheelchair. She looks like she was probably like between 50 and 60 years old. Mm-hmm. And and I came down and, and then I took a picture with her and she was like talking in Spanish to me and she was crying, bawling, but her heart was so open and vulnerable and like so, so giving full. and so loving. And we're like, I was like hu- hugging her and I was like crying with her and I didn't know what it was, but like, like I could understand some moments so like that there was these deep connections to whatever I was doing that made her life meaningful. Mm. And it was, it's like so fucking powerful. Yeah. It's God, so fucking good. powerful. Yeah. Like those are moments that I cherish, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, you play in front of all these people. If you don't look deep into the crowd and you just look over the top and glaze over all of them, you can literally just Pass by life in a blurry way, and it doesn't doesn't have this impact on you. Right. But when you go deep and you like see that person that's like meant like this song or whatever this moment that like moment has changed. Like they're waiting for that right to connect with you for this moment, and you like and they're crying or they're screaming and they're they're just fucking like completely vulnerable and free. That's everything, dude. That is that's I, fucking that everything. Is powerful man. Yeah, just those yeah. singular moments, and I and I look for that every show, every single show. Yeah, you you I find those people that are like, that like are waiting to be connected from that that song that like got them through this this moment in their life, and I don't know what it is, but wow. I can I can read it, and we're connecting. We're totally connected. I don't know what their story is, but I know it's meaningful. Right, and I'm and I'm telling them I. I appreciate everything that you like Just why by you're that here. Visual yes. connection. We're we're and then and then when that when that gap when that like when that the circuits connect, mm. that's the, the magic happens. You Dude, know, that's so awesome. Wow. This has been one of my absolute favorites, brother. I have I have enjoyed every freaking minute of this i know this is gonna this this podcast is gonna explode because that was just so good man you dropped so Thank many you. you're so vulnerable and you're so sincere and you're clearly so passionate you're on god's plan for you for sure um and i really want to thank you for coming today and 
you know, being a guest on the Ultimate Human Podcast. And as always, that's just science. <laughs>